Hey guys, it's Dominique and I am back with another episode of the Wise Words Podcast. Thank you guys so much for continuously tuning in to every episode of this podcast. Hopefully you guys are learning something not only about mental health, but also about spiritual health and how to make your mental health work for you as far as your walk with God goes instead of working against you. So again, I hope that you guys continue to learn from this podcast, continue to, you know, Get pieces of wisdom that you can spread to others and apply to your own life. Don't forget to give this podcast a five-star rating, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to share it with someone who it may enlighten or encourage. The topic that we're tackling today is actually a topic that, for some reason, I felt like I had done it before, and then I realized, oh, I haven't done a full episode on it like I've wanted to. I've kind of just touched on it here and there. But I definitely think it's something that needs to be talked about. It's something that can come up a lot of times in our walk with God or as we, you know, are interacting with other Christians in the community of Christ. When we are trying to, you know, navigate through day to day life situations, this thing can really, you know, tackle and cripple a lot of people. And some of you may have saw the title and feel like, yes, this is something that I definitely struggle with or I know somebody who struggles with this. And it's a big topic, right? It's a big hassle and it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of, you know, time to kind of overcome it. And we know that it can be overcome, which is the great part. So let's jump into today's episode, which is on perfectionism. So as we get into today's topic, guys, like I said, this is a topic that I have really felt like, yeah, this is something that really needs to be talked about, not only because it's something that can really interfere with one's mental health and one's walk with Christ, but it's something that I actually used to struggle with. So hi, I'm Dominique and I used to be a perfectionist or I used to struggle with perfectionism, especially when I was a teenager going through my own therapy journey. Um, my therapist kind of brought things to my attention and I realized that, man, when I was, you know, in high school, kind of delving back into things, I'm like, I feel like I had a little bit of perfectionism, you know, and that's probably what made me feel so overwhelmed a lot of times and so anxious, you know, in my mind about not meeting the mark or not meeting certain standards and always putting these, you know, really big goals on myself. And while it is OK to strive for excellence, perfectionism, y'all, that's a slippery slope. And this is coming from someone who is a um, recovered <laughs> perfectionist. So I definitely am happy to really delve into this topic a little bit more with you guys today. And hopefully you guys, you know, learn something from it and you can, you know, use it to help yourself or help someone else because perfectionism can be really crippling in the mind for sure. And it can definitely interfere with your, you know, relationship with God. Definitely. So we're going to delve into this, you know, by going through the mental health perspective as well as the spiritual health perspective. Um, but first things first, y'all know I love definitions. I love defining things before jumping into like all of my points on the whole topic. So we're going to read the definition of perfect. So perfect is a word that I discovered is not only an adjective, but it's a verb because you can be perfect adjective and then you can perfect something, which is a verb. So when we're looking at the adjective definition of it, it's what I have found says having all the required or desirable elements, qualities or characteristics. And then another definition says complete or absolute. And I think that there's relevance in both of those definitions, because actually 
and uh, I don't want to jump into it too much. So you know what? I'm going to save that nugget because there's one part of the definition that definitely goes with the spiritual health perspective of it when I start, you know, introducing scriptures to talk about perfect. But the verb definition, let me just go to this one. The verb definition says making or to make something completely free from faults or defects as close to such a condition as possible. So it's like you are constantly trying to make something not have any mistakes, any faults, any defects. It has to be 100% perfect. And so when we go into what perfectionism is, now what is perfectionism? I got this definition from therapistaid.com. Shout out to Therapist Aid. They have a really good um, handy worksheet that goes over what all the things you need to know about perfectionism. So I definitely, you know, encourage you guys to go to therapistaid.com. I will put that in the description of this episode and just go look at that, you know, pull up the worksheet, print it out, put it in your room, do what you need to do. But perfectionism is the belief that everything must be perfect all the time. A perfectionist sets impossible goals and feels crushed when they are not achieved alternatively someone who strives to do their best sets challenging but achievable goals and if i had to change that on therapist a i would say sets challenging and achieving goals because remember if you use but it's just kind of contradicting we say and instead of but that's just so we show that we're being dialectic but yeah So we see that perfectionism or a perfectionist is somebody who sets these really high goals for themselves and they feel crushed when they're not achieved. And they but they have this really strong core belief that everything has to be perfect or that everything that they do has to be perfect. So like going back to me as an example, I had this belief that I had to do everything right or that I had to get everything as close to perfect as possible. Now, you're asking, why, Dominique? Why did you think that? Let me explain. <laughs> um, a lot of times when somebody is a perfectionist, it comes from, you know, thoughts or beliefs that you have had going back to that whole inner child experience. And then it just kind of follows you. But what, if we're not careful, what happens is it starts to maximize and it starts to grow. And then before you know it, it's a whole nother monster that you have to deal with. So like when I was a kid... You know, I was always praised for my talents, right? I think I wrote a book, you know, when I was really little. I wrote the book and my twin was the illustrator. And we always got these accolades and, you know, praises for good things that we, you know, did. And something in my mind connected that, hey, if I do good things, then that adds value to me as a person. So I should continue to strive to be, you know, this perfect little angel, it's perfect little image of innocence and compliance for my parents and adults in my life. So that way I have value and I have worth, right? Now, here's the thing with that. That led to this whole, you know, big woo moment for me to where when I did mess up, I questioned my value. I questioned, was I still worthy of love? Was I still worthy of, you know, being praised and being, you know, forgiven or being, you know, or being, you know, talked about or bragged about in a way if I made mistakes. And then what happened with that is I didn't make room or I didn't leave room for mistakes. And when I did make mistakes, they would be crushing. It kind of goes back to that definition, right? If I didn't meet the goals or if I didn't achieve the goals, 
no matter how impossible they were because me trying to feel like I couldn't make any mistakes or that, okay, I'm going to go through life and not make any big mistakes or whatever. That was just an impossible goal. But, you know, when we're teenagers, our brains, guys, they're still developing. So we haven't really gotten the full picture of, you know, looking at life in the shade of gray. We we really do look at it. I, I feel like all teenagers or adolescents are black and white thinkers because I work with adolescent teenagers and a lot of them, they struggle with that. They're black and white thinkers. They're all or nothing thinkers. It's either all this way or nothing, you know, and it's hard to look in that shaded gray. I think you have to mature and your brain has to develop to that place of maturity before you can look in the shade of gray of I can make mistakes and still be valuable. But I didn't see that. The teenage me did not conceptualize it in that way. When I made mistakes, I always carried it with me and I felt terrible. And of course I made mistakes because I wasn't a perfect child, but I wanted to be a perfect child. I thought that that was going to bring value to me as a person. When really, that's not what value is about. That's not what, you know, worth and and thing. that's not where it should be rooted. And so I did learn that, of course, as I grew older and as I started to, you know, especially get into church and see how God's love was for us. And, you know, I really became, you know, very close with God in prayer and just really understanding that he loves me for who I am and what his word says. Then I realized, OK, I don't have to be perfect because God, you know, loves me just the way that I am. He loves everybody just the way that they are. And so that kind of, you know, erased that perfectionism aspect. However, some people don't get that some people don't have that that um man that word just left me y'all I'm sorry oh the exposure to you know Christ and God you know they don't get to go to church they may not you know have a bible in their home they may not have a Christian in their family to really be exposed to know how God loves them so what happens is perfectionism really takes a toll on their mental health and there's a difference between being a perfectionist and then just being somebody who strives for excellence see now I'm a person I do strive for excellence all through college I was a person I strive for excellence I no longer did stuff or whatever because I was trying to be this perfect person I did it because I knew that I wanted to make a future for myself and I had goals and I was like okay whether I achieve them or not I will feel 100% content knowing that I tried and either I succeeded or I failed but I at least I gave it my best shot So let me just go through a few points of the difference between perfectionism and striving for excellence, which is also coming from therapistaid.com. A perfectionist believes that everything must be perfect all the time. They are motivated by the fear of failure, criticism and rejection. So I think that's a big point because that goes back to the whole value thing right and knowing you're and like feeling like your worth is based on how well you get things or how well you do things you're motivated by that you're by that fear of failure criticism or rejection I did not want to be rejected as a teenager I did not want to be criticized I did not want to be looked at as a failure so that's why that perfectionist you know mentality was rooted in me and it wasn't until again I accepted the love of Jesus Christ that I realized it's okay to fail. It's okay to drop the ball at times. I don't have to get everything right every single time. But somebody who's really rooted in this perfectionistic mindset, they are probably, you know, motivated or is being reinforced because they're afraid to fail or they're afraid afraid of being criticized or rejected by people that they love. And so, yeah, going back to these points, you know, a perfectionist is someone who sets these standards for success but they're impossible they're not achievable and there's a difference guys between something being you know impossible and achievable when it's achievable 
you know that you can do everything realistically and logically to get it done. When it's impossible, you know, it's like you could do everything you you can hope for and you still not going to be able to meet that goal. And then before y'all say it, I do get that we serve a God that makes the impossible possible. I 100% wholeheartedly believe that because I've seen him do it. And I feel like because God is a God who loves us and God is a God of grace, even he is looking at us like, you know, if he's going to do the impossible, let him do that. He's the one who does the impossible, not us. And that's to the debunk that whole thing. I feel like a lot of people use that scripture, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me for nothing is impossible with God. I'm like, that's, you know what, you're 100% correct. And you're missing the key point. Again, you're misconstruing the text of the Bible. Nothing with God is impossible. God is the one who can do the impossible. Not human, not man, not Dominique, not you. You can't do the impossible. I can't do the impossible. I'm a human. I can only do what's possible. And that's where I think perfectionists start to get really, you know, misconstrued in their thinking. They believe that, well, no, I can do, you know, things. I can do the impossible. You can't, though. You really can't. You cannot do the impossible. Only God can do the impossible. And so a perfectionist, you know, they'll put that pressure on themselves and it'll be crushing when you don't achieve it because it's like, Man, I put all this work into it. I put all this energy into it and it still didn't work or I failed. Well, of course you failed. You're a human. You can't do the impossible. You can only do what you're possible. You know, you can only do what realistically you're able or, you know, capable of doing. But yeah, um, a perfectionist is going to set these really impossible standards for success. And then they see, you know, themselves in extremes, either as perfect or a failure. So again, it goes back to that all or nothing thinking that a lot of teenagers and adolescents have because their brains are still developing. They can't see themselves as somebody who's perfectly balanced. I'm somebody who messes up sometimes and I'm somebody who gets it right. You either in or out. I'm either a perfect person or I'm a failure. Like there is no in between. And that's kind of how my mind was. And so now when I was thinking about it, you know, as I was in therapy, you know, going through it, I was like, it kind of makes sense. That I was in that mindset because I was a teenager. And, you know, again, that's what I'm telling y'all. Like, all children kind of have that black or white thinking in some area of their life, if not more, you know, more than one. You're going to look at it in this all or nothing kind of aspect. And it's not until you mature emotionally and, you know, you get a little older, that's when you realize I can have that balance. I can be a mixture of both. I don't just have to be one or the other. But, yeah, you can definitely... um see yourself as a failure or you can you know see yourself in the extremes when you're a perfectionist now let's talk about striving for excellence when you strive for excellence the difference is you can still set goals but they're achievable they may be challenging but they're achievable and then you know somebody who is striving for excellence like myself I see myself from a balanced perspective now I don't see myself as either 100% perfect or 100% a failure I see myself as a mixture of both sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't and I'm okay with both I'm okay with getting things wrong I'm okay with failing and I'm okay with it with you know succeeding at the same time and then Another thing with striving for excellence, remember how I said a perfectionist is motivated or that they're getting driven by that fear of failing and being criticized or rejected. When you're striving for excellence, that's not driving you. 
what's driving you is the potential for success and happiness and contentment. So that was what was driving me through college, you know, striving for excellence was me, you know, feeling like a groundbreaker and feeling like, yeah, I'm about to get this college degree. I'm going to be a therapist. I'm going to have a master's degree. You know, I was motivated by my own goals and my own success and my own happiness and my own contentment. And so that is the difference between someone who's a perfectionist and someone who's striving for excellence. Always strive for excellence. I 100% commend y'all for striving for excellence. Do not be a perfectionist (laughs) because the thing is when you are a perfectionist, it can contribute to so many problems. It can contribute to anxiety, um, chronic stress. It can contribute to procrastination because you're so avoidant, especially somebody who's such a perfectionist. They don't want to try new things. They'll be avoiding altogether of stuff. They're not going to step out on faith. Because they're so afraid of, I don't know what that is. And because I don't know what it is, it means I'm going to mess up and I can't afford to mess up. I have to be perfect. You know, perfectionists can sometimes be more concerned with the image that they have with people than their own like contentment and their own happiness. And that is so problematic. (laughs) Like y'all, it just sounds problematic even as I said it because... Who, you know, people's, you know, view of you should not be where you get your value or your worth. But again, this is coming from somebody who dealt with this as a teenager. Like, I really noticed this up until I was like 16 or 17 as me and my therapist was going through, you know, the timeline in our therapy work or whatever. And I was just like, yeah, man, like, that's crazy how I can recall stuff like that of like, I really set value and worth on that until I got to know God in a really intimate way of where I'm praying every day and I'm reading my word and I have a 100% tight relationship with God. So, you know, I I just, my heart goes out to anyone who's struggling with perfectionism because I know it could be crippling. I know it could be really daunting on your mind. It could be stressful. And the good news is it can be changed. Perfectionism is just a personality trait. It is not a, you know, disorder. It can be caused by both biological factors and environmental factors. So maybe you had a grandmother or a mother that's a perfectionist. Maybe you had somebody who was motivated by fear of, you know, the family criticizing them. And that's why they had to get everything right. Maybe some family still reinforced that perfectionism aspect. Families got to be real careful with this. Don't not. Sorry. Had a tongue tied (laughs) moment. Do not put so much pressure on kids to be perfect. And I'm just saying this to any family members who, you know, are listening, who are parents, who are grandparents, who are aunts or uncles. Do not put so much pressure on these, you know, new generation of kids to be perfect. Because guess what? They're going to be imperfect whether you like it or not. They're going to get stuff wrong. They're going to make mistakes. Sometimes they're going to be little. Sometimes they're going to be huge. And the best thing you could do is remind them that they can always come back from something. They can always come back. They can bounce back. Because at this point, I don't feel like there's anything you can bounce back from. You know, I I feel like everybody can be redeemed from something. If the Lord, you know, if God in his word says there is no condemnation in those who, you know, have accepted Christ Jesus as as their Lord and Savior, then I, I feel like we can come back. We can come back from failures. We can come back from making a mistake. And what happens a lot of times is I think families really do reinforce that that ideal of perfectionism. Like you have to be perfect. You got to get stuff right rather than looking at it from this balanced perspective of. I know you may not get this right and I still love you anyway. I will still value you as a person anyway. I will still help you. I will still contribute to your future and your success, whether you get it right or not. 
I just, I don't know. Now I'm just, <laughs> I'm kind of stewing on that. I feel like if more families adopted that mindset, people would feel more comfortable in their family, you know, gatherings and wouldn't feel like the family dynamic is so challenging and so stressful because a lot of times you know people who struggle with perfectionism they don't want to be around their families and a lot of times their families are the ones who are reinforcing this and they're trying to be perfect for the sake of their families they they're like you know my family looks at me as you know the golden child they look at me as the person who's going to bring everybody out and stuff like that and that's a lot of pressure stop putting all these pressure on people stop putting all these pressure on these kids especially these kids these teenagers if they're super smart, if they're super talented, if they got one million TikTok followers, they're going to be an next big time influencer. Encourage them and support them and let them know that they don't have to be perfect, which brings me to my next point. Social media. Oh, my gosh. It can be such a culprit, y'all, for perfectionism because, of course, everything on social media looks glitz and glam. Everything looks perfect. Nobody looks like they have no problems. Nine times out of ten, what you see on social media is not all that meets the eye, right? Some There is no telling what people are going through. But a lot of times that comparison comes into place and we feel like what we're seeing on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook is perfect. So if we're not meeting that standard, then something's wrong with us. Especially like when we look at weight and body and stuff, BBLs have become like a normal thing now. And there are just some women who, you know, like myself, we have natural bodies. We're not, I'm not going under the knife and I'm not shaming anybody who wants to go under the knife or who has gone under the knife. I just don't want to do it. I can't see myself doing it for my own personal reasons. And you got a lot of like young women and teenage girls who are looking at that and they're looking at that as the standard of this is perfect. So if I don't look like that, I'm not perfect. I'm a failure. I'm disgusting. I'm unlovable. And then that's where perfectionism comes in. That's where perfectionism finds its root. Because perfectionism is rooted in this fear that something is wrong. And something needs to be fixed in order for us to be perfect. Or in order for us to gain love and value. And that is so far from the truth. But we have to be careful, you know, and we have to be mindful to catch it when we notice that. Because a lot of times when it's not, that's just, this is where people become clinically depressed. This is where they become anxious. This is, become, this is when they, you know, become chronically stressed. And stress can, you know, affect the physical body. So we definitely want to take care of our mental health. And we want to reiterate that there is no such thing as like a perfect person. There is no perfect human. There is a perfect God. There is no perfect human. Okay. And so that's my main point here. Like there is no perfect human it is okay to be imperfectly perfect. Like it's okay to be your own self and be unique and have these flaws and have these shortcomings. Cause at the end of the day, we are our own, you know, I feel like we're our own criteria as far as trying to figure out like where I want to get to and where I want to be. I'm my own, you know, competition right now. I'm my own, you know, <laughs> my own competition and standard of this is where I want to, this is where I am. And this is where I want to be. I'm not looking at anybody else, you know, so hopefully, you know, this mental health perspective is giving you guys a little bit more information of on what perfectionism is, what, you know, where it's kind of rooted as far as emotions go, that fear, emotion and like how the fear of failure and rejection and criticism can often 
drive and reinforce perfectionism and how it can be damaging to our mental health if we don't challenge it the good news is though is that like i said it can be changed so if you are somebody who knows that you struggle with perfectionism i 100 percent encourage you to go find a therapist find someone who you can talk to through it go deep into you know whatever child whatever areas of your childhood that you need to to kind of figure out when did this start where did this come from and how can i overcome it and go from instead of trying to be a perfectionist being someone who just strives for excellence okay so now it is time for the spiritual health perspective of this whole thing so i've kind of said a lot of what i wanted to say already um in the first half of the episode because i told you guys about you know the scripture where it says you know with god you know all things are possible there's nothing impossible for god matter of fact let's just find the exact scripture for that like the exact reference. Here we go. Luke 18 and 27. And I'm reading from the NLT. He replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. So again, this just goes back to that um, excuse or that, you know, uh, rebuttal. Yeah, that's the word I'm thinking. This goes for any rebuttal that a perfectionist may use of, you know, I can do all things through Christ. You know, nothing is impossible with God. And I'm like, yeah, with God. But nine times out of ten, if you're a perfectionist, and I can say this because, again, I used to struggle with perfectionism. You're trying to do things out of your own strength. God ain't got nothing to do with it. You're just trying to be the one to accomplish it, saying that you pulled yourself up from your own bootstraps and got yourself up to the top, things like that. You're probably not even considering God, or if you are, you probably haven't 100% fully consulted him and tried to figure out, is this what he wants me to do? Or is he, you know, is God's grace with me on this? Because sometimes we do stuff and we think God's grace is on it when when the whole time it isn't. It's just us. And we're too prideful especially perfectionists. I think perfectionists may struggle with a lot of pride. And so we may be too prideful to say like, oh yeah, you know, um, I didn't consult God about this. This wasn't, you know, part of the plan like I thought it was. I have messed up because then I would admit being, you know, failing or failing at something. And here's the beautiful complex about that as well. You can fail at something and not be a failure. That's a dialectical statement that I know we try to teach a lot of times to um, children, you know, at my job or whatever. But it's the truth, right? Like just because I fail doesn't mean I'm a failure. It doesn't equate to being a failure. It's not a reflection of who you are as a person. And I truly believe that, you know, if most Christians could grasp that that concept, we wouldn't beat ourselves up when we miss the mark. So it even goes back to, you know, once you go to the altar, you get prayed for, you're delivered, you're free from your sins. And let's say you go a few weeks or months and you are doing great and then you slip. Just because you slipped and you failed and you failed in that aspect, maybe you failed a test doesn't mean that you're a failure. doesn't mean that God is looking at you as a failure, which brings me to one of my points. A perfectionist, the reason why it can interfere with your spiritual health, a perfectionist may look at them at their relationship with God in extremes the way that they look at themselves in extremes. So the same way that a perfectionist is going to struggle with balancing that I fail, but I'm not a failure perspective. They're going to look at God and their relationship with God the exact same way. Because I messed up, God is not going to forgive me. 
I think I'm a failure. So God thinks I'm a failure. Kind of that emotional reasoning thinking mistake. And that's the farthest from the truth. <laughs> you know, like, especially when we go to God and we have a repentant heart and we truly slipped, like we were on the right path. We were doing the best that we could. And temptation just came. And it just made us slip. Excuse me, I had to burp, y'all. <clears throat> but yeah, <laughs> you know, sometimes it happens. Sometimes that genuinely happens. And I don't think that God looks at us as failures. I don't think he associates that with you failed, so you're a failure. No. Instead, I feel like that's an opportunity where he opens his arms to us and he wants us to run to him. And instead, again, because a perfectionist has this distorted thinking that because they messed up, they're rejected by God, you know, going back to that rejection and that, you know, fear, that fear of rejection, that fear of criticism, they run from God, which is why I say that perfectionism can really affect your mental health and your spiritual health. So that is one of my points. And then just to kind of piggyback off of like that scripture I read, Luke 18 and 27, remember that a perfectionist sets impossible goals for themselves God can do the impossible, but as a human, you can't. And that's an important thing to remember as a Christian, as somebody who is, you know, a human being, you can't do the impossible, but God can do the impossible. And it is okay for you to trust God to do the impossible. What I don't think is wise, I'm not even going to say it's not okay. I'm not God. I can't put anybody in heaven or hell. But what I'm going to say, what I would think is not wise is to put impossible tasks and standards on yourself because you're not God. You are not your savior. I always think of Kendrick Lamar's um, song, Savior, from his album. I love that album. I love Kendrick Lamar. And I love that song because he's telling the truth. He's not. He was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not your savior. He's not your savior. You're not your own savior. God is your savior. Jesus Christ is the one who died for our sins. God is our savior. Okay. Not you. You can't do the impossible. God can. Other scriptures that I have. For this particular topic, it's kind of going back to how I was talking about the definition of perfect and how one of the definitions was saying how perfect means absolute or complete. So when you read about perfect in the Bible, a lot of references that come up are talking about, you know, perfection or, you know, perfect and striving to be perfect. And what I don't want to happen is for people to misconceive that as. God wants me to be perfect or God, you know, is looking for me to be this perfect person. I don't believe that that's what they're saying, because once I took the time to actually read the scriptures through and then get the definition of perfect, this light bulb kind of went off. And I was like, OK, I feel like I kind of know where the scripture what it's like really trying to say, at least to me. And so before I get into that, too, let me just go ahead and say that. God is a per God who is perfect, right? God makes things perfect. Just like it says in um, the book of 2 Samuel 22 and 33, God is my strong fortress and he makes my way perfect. And then I love Psalms 18 and 30 as well, where it says God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. And so you can look at this in a lot of ways. You can look at God as a person who, you know, has no flaws because he is, you know, God has no flaws. God has no, um, you know, 
He has no areas where he has to improve and stuff like that. He is the end-all, be-all. He's the alpha and the omega. He's God. So he has no defects, no flaws. And going back to that other definition, God is complete. And a lot of times what it's saying in scripture, because it's saying like we should be perfect even as our father in heaven is perfect. I think that's Matthew 5. Let me check my facts. Hold on. Yeah, it is. I had to yarn. But yeah, y'all, that is Matthew 5, 48. But you are to be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. I don't believe it's saying like you should be someone who is without fault or without defect. Because if we think about it, which is my other point here, without, you know, you know, if we were perfect without flaws or without, you know, setbacks or defects, we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't have needed Jesus Christ to die for our sins. So there is no human being that is perfect. And I want you guys to really take that into consideration. Pastors are not perfect. You know, preachers, they're not perfect. Deacons, elders, nobody is perfect. Not a single human being. God is perfect. Now, what he wants us to be, going back to the definition of perfect, being absolute or complete, I believe that he do he does want us to be complete. So then I had to look at the scripture like, but you are to be complete or absolute, even as your father in heaven is absolute or complete. And what I think it's saying with that is complete as in I'm a whole person, right? I'm a person who understands that I'm God's. I belong to God. God created me in his image again. And that's another part too, right? Like, so we're trying to strive to be in his image. So that means, again, you strive for excellence. You just strive to be as complete and as absolute as possible. Not somebody who's missing pieces and trying to like pull pieces from the world to fill these different voids. Cause a lot of times if we have fear driving something, or if we have this, you know, unhealed trauma that comes from being rejected, then we are, we're not complete, right? We're, we're kind of empty in some spaces and we're trying to fill those voids with things that aren't good or things that aren't for us. When really his goal is for us to be absolute and complete. That's the goal. And so there was a particular book, I believe, in one, there was James 3 and 2, where it says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So James 3 and 2, I love that scripture, y'all, because it just it just really solidifies what I've been saying, like, we all going to make mistakes. <laughs> Indeed, we all make many mistakes is what it literally says in James chapter three, verse two. And it was like, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. And we could control ourselves in every other way. But guess what? We can't. We can't control ourselves in every other way. We can't control our tongues. And so that is why we have Jesus Christ. That's why we have God. That's why we have them to save us from these moments where we cannot control ourselves. They are our advocates. The Holy Spirit is our help, right? But James 3 and 2 is really just reiterating that, you know, this perfectionism thing, it's, it's not going to get you anywhere, right? Instead, it's going to cripple your relationship with God and you're going to be looking at him in the extreme, just like you look at yourself in the extremes, which is ultimately going to diminish the relationship because believing a lie that God sees you as a failure and that he rejects you, that's exactly what the enemy wants, guys. And we're not going to let the enemy win like that, right? Because we know that God does love us, even when we do fall short, even when we do make mistakes. So there was another scripture. Now, I will say the book of Philippians chapter 3, 
is a good read for anybody who is, you know, just really wanting to, you know, figure out what should I read in the Bible? I suggest reading Philippians 3 because Philippians 3 has some really good nuggets about, you know, perfection, especially when you start at, I believe, verse 12. So I'm going to go there in Philippians chapter 3 in the NLT version. And aha, yeah, this is correct. It starts at verse 12 and the subtitle of it. On my app is saying pressing toward the goal. Starting from verse 12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focused on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. And that was verse 16. So I just read from verse 12 to verse 16. And even though there was a few verses, I was just like, wow that that did something for me I can't lie to y'all when I was reading it at first just studying for doing this episode I was like man that did something for me that I didn't even know that I needed because one if you even look at the subtitle it's talking about pressing toward the goal and what I kind of summarized from it is you know pressing on towards that completion that that feeling of that completion and absoluteness in God that is what I took from that. And remember, there's nothing wrong with striving for excellence. You can strive for excellence and not be a perfectionist. You can strive for that completion of in Christ Jesus and not be a perfectionist because it's dialectic, right? You're a perfectionist when you set impossible goals for yourself and you take away God out of the equation because God is the only one who can make the impossible possible. You as a human can't. Other things that I like about those verses in that passage is where it says in the very last verse, but we most hold on to the progress we have already made. So this brings me to one of my biggest points, perfection and progress. We want progress, not perfection. Okay. Practice equals progress, not perfect. I don't know if you guys are like me, but I used to say that all the time. Well, you know, practice makes perfect. You say to the kids as a preschool teacher, you say it all the time. And I really had to check myself as a therapist because I'm like, I can't say that because there is no such thing as perfect. And if we put this label of perfect on someone or something, then we're we're setting ourselves up to be, you know, to let that perfectionism take root in us and be disappointed. And we don't want that. Right. We don't want to invalidate ourselves. We don't want to invalidate others. So this is where I say practice makes progress and progress, guys, is enough. That's why I love when that scripture, Philippians 3 and 16 says, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Because that means that God does not diminish or he does not minimize progress. I believe that God appreciates progress. And I believe that God appreciates when we practice to make progress. I don't even think that God is like looking for us to just be 100% perfect. Because again, it says, you know, like it said in that scripture in James 3, I mean, if we could control ourselves, then we control our tongues and everything else. But guess what? We can't because if we could do that, then we wouldn't need, you know, Jesus, 
Jesus Christ to go and die for our sins. We need God, but we need him, right? We need him. We need all of that. We need his salvation. We need his glory. We need his wisdom. We need his guidance. And so therefore, if God is not looking to you to be this 100% flawless being, then don't look at yourself to be this 100% flawless being. Now, do I think that God wants us to strive for excellence and strive to live holy lives 100%? Yes. And that is where a lot of, you know, Christians this is bringing to another point in this episode where they'll kind of use that, you know, and they'll misconstrue it. It's like, well, you know, I'm not perfect. And that does not mean that you can't strive for excellence. That doesn't mean that you can't strive to not sin. That doesn't mean that you can't strive to, you know, be holy and actually, you know, exemplify God's glory and righteousness. That's a choice on you. Okay. You can strive for excellence. What God is wanting is don't don't take him out of the equation to where you're trying to do the impossible and you're trying to set these really high standards for yourself. Because, I mean, if God, God, he's he's going to see you mess up. And of course, he's going to be, you know, like I told you, you can't do that. You're a human. You're not me. I'm me. You know, I could just see him just sitting up on the cloud saying that like I'm me. I can do the impossible. You can't do it. And a lot of us have been trying to do the impossible. And that's why we are chronically stressed. That's why we have anxiety issues. That's why we have depression, because we're putting God's task on ourselves. It was never our task to begin with, which is why I pray to all perfectionists, you know, go to a therapist, really try to heal from that and undo that perfectionism, because it's going to interfere with your relationship with God. You're taking God out of the equation when you're trying to be a perfectionist and do everything out of your own strength and out of your own like wisdom. And you you have no power to do that. OK, you have to let God be God. So hopefully after hearing this episode, you guys understand perfectionism a little bit more and you see how it shows up in both your mental health and your spiritual health and how it is important to really catch it. Right. If I am somebody who has overcome, you know, being a perfectionist and now I should just strive for excellence and I can look at myself in a balanced view. I believe that everybody can, you know, heal from perfectionism. And that's my going to be my last point. Actually, perfectionism is common. Y'all, I can't think of one person <laughs> that just hasn't struggled with perfectionism in at least one area of their life, because a lot of times, again, that pride cold it kind of comes with perfectionism it's like a package deal and so people don't want to admit a lot of times that they are perfectionists in certain areas like in their dating relationships or in their schoolwork or in their family but everybody struggles with perfectionism a little bit or you may have struggled with it a little bit so take heart if you're somebody who's st struggling with it now you are not alone you are definitely not alone and Remember that it can be changed. It's just a personality trait. It is not a disorder. It's not in the DSM-5. <laughs> it is just something that is a personality trait that with a lot of hard work, with some therapy, and as well as with accepting God's unfailing love for you and knowing that he loves you, whether you make mistakes or not, you can overcome perfectionism.
Alright guys, that is all I have for today's episode. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed it. Hopefully you learned something new about perfectionism. Like I said, don't forget to share this podcast with someone who you feel like it might enlighten or encourage. Don't forget to give it a five-star rating, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to check out the book, How to Become a Mentally Fit Christian, available on Amazon. And like I said, I just love you guys so much. Thanks for continuously tuning in to the Wise Words Podcast. I am definitely looking forward to future episodes and tackling more topics like this like I said perfectionism was something I could have swore I did an episode on and I was like oh I didn't so that can just goes to show you guys like I got a lot of topics on the list that I still have to tackle that I still want to tackle both by myself and with guests so like I said I'm just super excited for it thank you guys for your support thanks for listening I hope you guys have a wonderful day. It is so beautiful outside. I have already been outdoors and I truly enjoyed it. It was so much fun. Go outside, get your vitamin D. (laughs) You know, sit on the porch or do something, play with the kids, do whatever you need to do. But I hope everybody has an amazing and blessed week. And until next time, God bless. Peace.